and welcome to this Thanksgiving podcast here at The Voice of the Arts with your host, yours truly, Joe Weber. I thought it would be appropriate to kick this Thanksgiving podcast off with a musical medley from Eastern Europe, now finally out from under the grip of the oppressive and repressive Soviet Empire. I like very much a Kolky Buczek. You know Kolky Buczek? Bing bang, bing bang, bing, dele from Corky Buczek and his all-stars. A bing bong, a bing bong, bing bong. It has an awfully familiar ring, but I just can't place where I've heard it before. Well, up next, we've got Ian Fraser reading a piece that he wrote for The New Yorker several years ago. It's called Chinese Arithmetic. Chinese Arithmetic. This begins with a quote uh, taken from an advertisement. And the quote is, In the event of an erection that persists longer than four hours, the patient should seek immediate medical assistance. And that's a precautionary statement in a pharmaceutical ad. May 12, 1977, 10, 18 p.m. to May 13, 1977, 11.30 a.m. Anne Lenhart in leather skirt at party on Broom Street. Severe indisposition. Patient able to walk only while bent over and moaning. Talking cure ineffective. April 4, 1978, 9.30 p.m. to April 5, 1978, 
1.17 a.m. Sudden sharp onset as a result of watching program Maud on TV. Adrian Barbeau. Afflicted individual turned off set, tried to rest quietly. Swiss astringents, a last resort. October 10, 1978, 9 a.m. to October 10, 1978, 4 p.m. Painful recurrence while attempting to take LSAT exam. Sound of test monitors, hosiery. Reichian orgone box therapy made things worse. In subsequent years of adulthood and middle age, sufferer accommodated chronic condition as best he could. Advent of women's fashion craze for extremely tight, low-slung jeans began a difficult period in the case history. Subject had to remain seated almost all the time. Chafing, pain, and occasional loss of verbal and motor skills affected job performance and lifestyle. Then they started wearing those thong dealies that are visible in the back above the belt line. Unable to cope, patient finally presented at clinic for treatment with classic 24-7 stiffy. Initial diagnostic exam showed patient's condition rated a code blue on the Guccione hardness tumescence continuum at a level described as harder than Chinese arithmetic. In other words, a major hard wiener bearing more surface tension PSI than the standard semi-flaccid routney, as erectographers call it, or than the Orden garden variety boner. Characteristic pup tent effect could be clearly seen when patient finally took hands out of pants pockets. In describing sensations accompanying the disorder, patient used terms frequently associated with it, such as, oh, ow, ouch, why me, Selma Hayek, Girl in the vodka ad, photo of Mrs. Jason Kidd in the news, please spare me, Kylie Minogue, oh Jesus, and so on. Clinicians determined main cause of problem was patient being incredible horn dog. Asked if he could think about anything else for God's sake for just a minute or two if possible, he replied that he could not. CT brain scan administered 48 hours after admittance showed that to be correct. Every cortex and all cognitive functions of patient's brain were occupied with images of J-Lo, and with one scene in particular from her movie Made in Manhattan, which he had recently watched on an airplane without the sound. J-Lo herself was summoned to clinic and met with patient in observation booth on the grounds. She explained to patient that her movies and CD covers and the short video of Ben Affleck rubbing suntan lotion on her were intended for entertainment purposes only, and not as substitute for a mature relationship with appropriate partner probably very different from her. Upon departure, she gave patient autographed full-length publicity still, which unfortunately caused him to fall into anaphylactic shock aggravated by drastic worsening of condition, later brought back to consciousness with IV drip of adrenoutopophane, 120 cc's, returned to room. During first trimester of aggressive medication and treatment, patients showed no change. Second trimester, also no change. Third trimester, slight improvement, later attributed to errors errors in data caused by faulty instrumentation. Fourth trimester, patient fitted with special clothing and encouraged to mingle in society, condition unchanged. 
On a personal note, it grieved doctors and staff to witness patients' continued disability and yet be unable to help this middle-aged individual who was, after all, merely attempting to live life while achingly, bakingly inflamed. On good days, some slight improvement might be detected, but then Nurse Randy or Nurse Amber, fairly bursting from her starched nurse's whites, would walk by his room on a nursely errand and progress would be lost. In the end, regrettably, nothing could be done for this man. Even the most advanced medical science in the most technologically advanced country in the world has its limits. After 18 months, patients insurer refused to pay further costs and dropped him from the rolls. Burdened with undeniable pre- and post-existing condition, patient was turned down for all other coverage. At present, he is talking on the phone once a week to a paramedic in Bengal, who assures him that his disorder will inevitably slowly reverse itself as the body weakens with age. Patient is also promised that any number of illnesses he can reasonably anticipate contracting in the course of time are known to have deflationary and disinflammatory effects. Patient is happily expecting to be relieved at last when he crawls into a nice cold grave. Ian Frazier, tracking the medical history of a sexually overly stimulated male individual in his New Yorker piece titled Chinese Arithmetic. Here's another sexually overstimulated male, or at least he certainly was when he recorded this song, which was banned from the airwaves after being played on the radio in 1965. Lou Christie with Lightning Strike Me Again. Of a man. Listen to me, baby, it's hard to settle down. Am I asking too much for you to stick around? Every boy wants a girl he can trust to the very end. Baby, that's you. Won't you wait? But till then, when I see Taken over my one-track mind Believe it or not, you're in my heart all the time All the girls are saying that you'll end up a fool For the time being, baby, in by my room When I settle down, I want one
apple in the pines waiting for us around the bend. Picture in your mind, love forever. But till then, if she gives me a sign that she wants to make time, stop. I can't stop. Stop. I can't stop myself. Lightning is striking again. Lightning is striking Rather tame by today's standards, one might even say quaint. But there are, however, some promises the singer makes that he seems very unlikely to fulfill. He sings, there's a chapel in the pines waiting for us around the bend. Picture in your mind love forever, but till then. If she gives me a sign that she wants to make time, I can't stop, I can't stop, lightning strike me again. So I think it's safe to conclude that this individual's lack of self-restraint won't disappear once the wedding vows are made. Lou Christie with lightning strike me again. We're going to go now to Simon Rich and the Center of the Universe. The Center of the Universe by Simon Rich from the Shouts and Murmurs section of the January 9th, 2012 New Yorker magazine. On the first day, God created the heavens and the earth. Let there be light, he said, and there was light, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, the first night. On the second day, God separated the oceans from the sky. Let there be horizon, he said, and lo, a horizon appeared, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, the second night. On the third day, God's girlfriend came over and said that he'd been acting distant lately. I'm sorry, God said. Things have been crazy this week at work. He smiled at her, but she did not smile back, and God saw that it was not good. I never see you, she said. That's not true, God said. We went to the movies just last week. And she said, lo, that was last month. And there was evening, a tense night. On the fourth day, God created stars to divide the light from the darkness. He was almost finished when he looked at his cell phone and realized that it was almost 9.30. He said, Kate's going to kill me. He finished the star he was working on and cabbed it back to the apartment. Sorry I'm late, he said. And lo, she did not even respond. Are you hungry, he asked. Let there be yogurt. And there was that weird locale yogurt that she liked. That's not going to work this time, she said. Look, God said, I know we're going through a hard time right now, but this job is only temporary. As soon as I pay off my student loans, I'm going to switch to something with better hours. And she said unto him, I work a full-time job, and I still make time for you. And he said unto her, Yeah, but your job's different. And lo, he knew immediately that he had made a terrible mistake. You think my job's less important than yours, she said? No, God said, of course not. I know how difficult it is to work in retail. I'm totally impressed by what you do. Today I had to talk to 14 buyers because it's fashion week, and I didn't even have time to eat lunch. That's so hard, God said. You work so hard. How would you know? You never even ask about my day. You just talk about your work for hours and hours, like you're the center of the universe. Let there be a back rub, God said. And he started giving her a back rub. And she said unto him, Can you please take the day off tomorrow? And he said unto her, Don't you have to work tomorrow? I thought it was fashion week. I can call in sick. 
And God felt like saying to her, if your job is so important, how come you can just take days off whenever you feel like it? But he knew that was a bad idea. So he said unto her, I'm off Sunday. We can hang out Sunday. On the fifth day, God created fish and fowl to swim in the sea and fly through the air, each according to its kind. Then, to score some points, he closed the door to his office and called up Kate. I'm so happy to hear your voice, she said. I'm having the hardest day. Tell me all about it, God said. Caitlin is throwing this party next week for Jenny, but Jenny is like being so weird about it that I am not even sure that it's going to happen. That's crazy, God said. And she continued to tell him about her friends who had all said hurtful things to one another, each according to her kind. And while she was repeating something that Jenny had said to Caitlin, God came up with an idea for creatures that roam the earth. He couldn't get off the phone, though, because Kate was still talking. So he covered the receiver and whispered, Let there be elephants. And there were elephants, and God saw that they were good. But lo, she had heard him create the elephants. Oh, my God, she said, you're not even listening to me. Kate, it's so obvious, she said, you care more about your stupid planet thing than you do about me. God wanted to correct her. It wasn't just a planet he was creating. It was an entire universe. He knew, though, that it would be a bad idea to say something like that right now. He said, listen, I'm really sorry, okay? But lo, she had already hung up on him. On the sixth day, God called in sick and surprised Kate at her store in Chelsea. She was in the back reading a magazine. What are you doing here, she asked. I blew off work, he said. I want to spend the day with you. Really, she said. Really, he said. And she smiled at him so brightly that he knew he had made the right decision. They bought some beers at a bodega and drank them on a bench in Prospect Park, and Kate introduced him to a game her friend Jenny had taught her called Would You Rather? I don't know if I want to play a game, God said, but she made him play anyway, and after a few rounds he saw that it was good. They played all afternoon laughing at each other's responses. When it got cold, God rubbed her shoulders, and she kissed him on the neck. You know what I kind of want to do right now, Kate said. God tensed up. What? See a movie, she said. And God laughed because it was exactly what he wanted to do. They decided to see the Muppets because they had heard that it was good. They had a great time, and when it was over, God paid for a cab so they wouldn't have to wait all night for the L train. I love you, Kate said as she nodded off in the back seat. I love you so much. I love you too, God said. And both of them saw that it was good. On the seventh day, God quit his job. He never finished the earth. Dreamers and me 
I appreciate it. This hotel opened October 23rd, 1966. Today is March 8th, 1987, and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary, which is exactly the way they count in the casino. I know there's no time for laughter. No time for laughter. About 16 years ago, I stood on this stage with about the same amount of business. There was always empty in the front when I worked it. And I was doing my wife jokes at the time. This is long before women's live in the ERA. And while I was doing jokes, I did a joke one night. I said, women live longer than men. And I said, the reason for it is that they're not married to women. Now, it was not a big joke then. Just, just a part of a story. A woman stood up right about where you are there, who was a member of the State Assembly of, the, of Nevada, and this is absolutely true, she started to berate me about me being a male chauvinist pig, and there is no record, there are no recordings, no history, no about women living longer than men. Now, I haven't done this in a long time, and I dug out some of the obituaries that I'd like to do for you now, just to prove this point. Nothing has changed. Good evening. Can we, would you turn around so we can get to a camera? I put my glasses on. When I did this bit 15 years ago, I didn't need the glasses. But this is an obituary. Would you examine it? It's a Xerox copy of an obituary. New York Post, is that correct? That's Nothing correct. I made up. There are seven obituaries. Now, would you just read, without getting personal mentioning the names, what does it say at the bottom of the first obituary? He is survived by his survived wife. Survived by his wife. Could you read the second obituary over here? What does it say there, dear? He is survived. Survived by his wife. Could you read the third obituary? What does it say? He leaves, he leaves his wife. See, they change it around so he won't get bored. And this one is, he is survived by his wife. What does this one over here say, dear? He is survived, survived by his wife. And what does this one say here? Survived by, and what is, you know them well with that. Survived by his wife. Yeah, I want you to have that seven out of seven. Now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait one more. Good evening. How are you, dear? Those roots are not dead, you know. Darling, please, this is the Los Angeles Times. Is that correct? I have nothing up my sleeves. I, Will Rogers said, I only know what I read in the newspapers. Here's the newspaper. Obituary pages, three obituaries, okay? Dr. Carl Sachs, botany expert. Is that correct? Yes. How old was he when he died? Can you see that? 81. 81. Professor Emeritus, Harvard University. What, what does it say at the bottom there? <laughs> he, he leaves his wife. 81. Okay, now, wait a minute. Next one. Ludwig van Nelder. Mises, 92. Is that correct? 92. What does it say over there? It survived. survived by his wife. 92. That's all. Just the facts. Okay. Now, read the headline of the next obituary. T.C. Kistner. Retired architect dies at 99. 99! Gave it a hell of a shot, didn't he? What does it say over there, dear? He leaves, he leaves his wife. All right. Now, go ahead a minute. Now, I got him in every pot. How are you, darling? This is from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. This was sent to me in 1983, right here. It says here, West Point's oldest graduate dies. Is that correct, dear? Yes. Nothing I made up. No. Oldest graduate at West Point. How old was he when he died? You see that? Can't see. You can't see? <laughs> this is your seeing eye dog. Yeah, put your glass on. It's too important does a lot for you. 
104. West Point's oldest grad, 104. Is that correct? That's right. Died. Okay, now. Shut up, I'll be back there in a minute. It says here, this man fought in the Spanish-American War, the Boxer Rebellion, the Philip campaign, Philippine campaign against the Moros. He was with Pershing when they gave Pancho Villa a new ass south of the border. Just look at this. World War One night, look at this. Four times he was awarded the Silver Star. Is that correct? Yes. Not making this up. No. He received the Distinguished Service Medal and the French Croix de Guerre. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. What does it say at the bottom here? Survived by his wife. A man went up against arrows and bows, flamethrowers and bombs. He beat them all. The only one he couldn't beat was that old broad right there, no matter. Survived by his wife. Now, good evening. You're not Juliet Prowse, are you? No, you're sitting down. She always moved you up. Here's a Xerox. This is going into the Smithsonian Institute. Here is a letter from a young lady who heard me do this many years ago, sent this lovely note. She was a widow, and she said it was the first laugh she'd received in years, and I was very grateful about this since her husband died. At the bottom, she enclosed a little piece from a Reuter communique. Would you read it? This is from the newspapers. Could you read what it says there? It says, it ends, wife ends all. Read it, please. Mrs. Vera Shermack right. of Prague, Czechoslovakia, right. on hearing that her husband was leaving her for another woman, right. threw herself from a third-story window to end it all. Correct. She was taken to a hospital and soon recovered. Right. Wait a minute. She threw herself out of a third-story window to end it all, soon recovered. Was it her husband, on whom she landed, was killed on the spot. This bitch threw us about a window and landed on the old man, and he was wiped out. Now that's it. That's it. Yeah.
Closing out the show with the Decemberist and O Valencia with lead singer Colin Malloy. Before that, we heard Alan King's comedy routine from a performance a number of years back in Las Vegas. <laughs> Folks, thanks for keeping me company. This is Joe Weber saying so long here from the Voice of the Arts. Mm-hmm.